Welcome to Behind the Screens. This is a podcast series created by energy trading company Danske Commodities, where we give you an insight into the world of energy trading. Your host today is Jens Østergaard, and this episode uh, we're going to zoom in on automated trading. What is it? How do we work with automated trading? How does it impact the world of energy trading right now? And what will the impact be in the years to come? To discuss this, I have two of Danske Commodities' automated trading experts with me in the studio today. Our head of gas systems and automation, Tobias Basse. What also goes before this is a large interaction with the traders in the creation of the ideas for these algorithms, where we sit shoulder by shoulder with the traders and and learn from their experience. And senior quantitative analyst in our automated trading team, Christian Tango. We need to have that close feeling with with our business teams. We wouldn't be as successful if you just threw a bunch of data at us and, and locked us in a, a closet somewhere. And uh, before we dive into what automated trading is, uh, maybe you could give uh, the listeners uh, a little bit of information about your background. Uh, Christian Tango, if you could uh, start. Yes, absolutely. I have a, a background uh, as an economist from Aarhus University. And during my master's degree, uh, I was given the chance to join Danske Commodities as a student analyst in our intraday, that is our short-term trading uh, team. Uh, to develop uh, tools and analysis to help uh, that team. And uh, when we started up our automated trading team, uh, I was moved there as uh, as a senior quantitative analyst, still with the focus on um, the intraday that is short-term trading uh, perspective. And uh, Tobias Bass, uh, what about your background? My background is uh, I have a PhD in cosmology from Aarhus University. And after spending... Eight years at the at the university, I decided that it was time to uh, to face new challenges, basically, uh, to develop myself. And I joined DC in a graduate program uh, back in 2014. Uh, and that program gave me an opportunity to rotate in different business units in uh, in DC. And after 18 months in the program, I decided to join our guest department. So, uh, as the listeners can hear, you come from two very different uh, educational backgrounds. Uh, but uh, before we move on, maybe we should explain what is automated trading actually, uh, Tobias. Yeah, uh, there's two sort of distinct uh, categories, and one is uh, automated execution, and the other one is automated decision making. And then, of course, these can uh, can be combined. What's the difference between uh, the execution part and the decision-making part? It's based on the uh, objective of, let's just call it an algorithm. What is it actually we're asking this program to do? Are we asking it to make a decision for us? Or are are we giving it a decision that has already been taken and you just need to execute this in the market? And that's where Tobias also mentioned that that, that can kind of be blurred into one sort of full pipeline where we have something that automatically uh, takes a decision, now I want to trade this, into how can I actually execute this in the markets. So you need to consider what is the actual objective of, of the program that you're you're building. If you if you have an algorithm making a decision, what kind of data are you feeding that uh, algorithm with? Like that can be a wide 
range of uh, of data is uh, typically categorized both in, in fundamental data. Uh, one example could be weather data, uh, and then um, price data. Basically, how does the market look uh, at a certain time and has looked uh, historically? Um, I'd say that's the main categorizations. Mm. So, uh, so that's that's sort of. Uh, taking a decision for uh, the trader, feeding uh, data into an algorithm, and then it makes a, a, an informed decision, so to say. What's the benefit of, of that, uh, Christian? There's two parts. There's the strict optimization part where we might be able to lift uh, a task from a trader that is, uh, uh, it might not be menial, but it will be a way for us to clear the time that that trader would otherwise have spent actually making these decisions. Uh, then there's the separate part, the second part, which is that we can um, make consistently informed decisions if we find the correct data that actually informs how, for example, if we're forecasting prices, how, how these prices move in the market and, and use that as a, uh, as a signal for the traders. And sometimes it can just be a, a suggestion, for example, where we tell the traders, hey, based on this information that we can find in the data, have you considered doing this? And then there's sort of a, a human filter, so to speak, on top of it that the trader can then say, okay, I agree with this based on that, 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 or I disagree, so I'm, I'm going to ignore the signal for now. Um, but our most important aspect is 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 basically the uh, consistent decision-making together with uh, a lifting of time from the traders. So when we're talking uh, decision-making algorithms, then it it sort of has a, a human filter afterwards. Uh, how should I understand that? It it could have. It's it's again like the blurring between the decision and, and execution can combine into one big algorithm. Um, but it's more a sense of uh, sometimes it's a technical limitation that the markets just aren't able to be automated. Sometimes it's a safety feature that we want to make the traders feel comfortable with the system, so it might be the, the the prelude to actually full automation of the decision algorithm into an execution. And we sort of use that filter to work the traders into a sort of safe feeling that, okay, we can see that this algorithm is actually agreeing with us 90% of the time. We're just going to look at it and say, right, go go with it. And then at a certain point in time, they're so comfortable with that they won't even look at it and just send it through. Uh, I think... As you mentioned, Christian, sometimes we go for for the manual execution of the automated decisions, and sometimes it's a fully fully automated process. But what also goes before this is a large interaction with the traders in the creation of the ideas for these algorithms, where we uh, sit shoulder by shoulder with the traders and and learn from their experience, and they uh, engage with us to have that trading experience boiled down to some more consistently behaving algorithm. I think that's a, that's also a key part um, in automated trading. So uh, we talked about the decision-making uh, algorithms. If we look uh, uh, at the execution algorithms, uh, what do they do? An execution algorithm is usually only uh, interested in how does the market actually look right now? How is the order book structured? What is the bid-ask spread? What is the depth on both sides? And then it's given a decision that has already been taken and told, I need to execute this 
as optimally as possible in the markets given these sets of conditions. And so uh, a big part of that is, of course, having a constant data feed to know what does the market actually look like. And over the last few years, we've seen uh, an increase in the amount of just in general order flow going into, for example, the exchanges here in Europe, but also the advancement of uh, competitors' automated systems where it's uh, we're starting to get to the margins of what's actually possible for a human trader to interact with in the market. So these execution tools are tools meant for traders to optimally execute their positions uh, in, in the market. So it's not just a matter of, of speed, it's also a matter of timing? Or? Yes, absolutely. There's, there's, there's different aspects. There's both a matter of the best price, so you know, buy low, sell high, and there's also a question of over a time period, how does that actually change? So should I have traded five minutes ago because all of a sudden the market has moved against me? Or should I wait until we're very, very close to the, the close of a trading product uh, to try and, and, and capture some opportunities there? So how does an uh, execution algorithm know that? Uh, when the when is the best timing uh, uh, compared to, for example, an, a human trader? I mean, that would be difficult for, for algorithms as, uh, as well as uh, human beings, right? I, I think it depends a lot on the objective that you're trying to achieve. Uh, some problems have uh, standard approaches, which we always try to to improve upon. Uh, other scenarios, basically, it's the interaction with the traders that I was referring to before that sort of where the attempt is to, to boil down their way of thinking into a a consistent algorithm. Yeah, there's a large part of, of a lot of these execution tools are based on more or less an order from a trader saying, I need this because I've noticed this pattern in the market. We need to execute on this and we need to be either top of book or the fastest here. Um, so the collaboration with, with our, our traders are uh, is a big part of, of this process, uh, again, because they might actually be the best uh, interpreter of the data because they keep you know an eye on the market 24-7. So you talked about this uh, a bit already, but what is the role of data in, uh, in the creation of uh, algorithms or in in automated trading in general, uh, Tobias? Yeah, I think like data is at the heart of things, right? This is uh, with no data or low quality data, this would be uh, very difficult. And that's both data ranging from uh, price data, basically your view on the market right now to fundamental data. And having that as at a, at a high quality is key to be successful in in this field. Yeah, it's 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 often uh, an overlooked area um, when you, for example, are, are doing, as part of your university degree, you might be doing a lot of actual statistics and, and data analysis, but a lot of the time you're actually just handed a very nice complete data set from, from uh, your professor. And and those things don't just kind of pop up out of nowhere. That's a, a big part of our work is to actually structure the data and, and look at at, at how we can get the most value out of this, and and that's where we're we're very dependent on our both our business intelligence and our software teams to actually do the the hard work for us and actually structure this data, put it into a system so that we can reliably uh, request it and it's clean and it's structured. Uh, that that's a, a a 
big part of our, our value chain. So with the, with data of low quality, you uh, the algorithms wouldn't work as efficiently. Or? No, the 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 important thing is most likely the cleanness, or maybe you can describe it as the signal to noise radio. Uh, a lot of times you'll hear people talking about, yeah, we just need big data, and then we're off uh, off to the races. But if that big data also contains more noise, then it's not valuable, uh, especially in 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 a uh, computer programming setting, you uh, want consistent data. You don't want all of these outliers and all of these uh, weird errors that might be missing data or there may just be a data breakdown because the service uh, that was recording the wind that day uh, didn't work. And, and those are important things for us to consider. I'd like to talk a bit about uh, how you concretely work with uh, automated trading uh, here in uh, Danske Commodities. So uh, who's involved in uh, in the creation of uh, algorithms or, uh, or who uh, who points to a, uh, a, a sector or a, a, an area where we need uh, a new algorithm? How does that work, uh, Tobias? Yes, uh, I think it's this tight collaboration between uh, the commercial side, the, the traders, the business, and uh, the technical uh, expertise in terms of quantitative analysts, software developers, business intelligence analysts. Um, and we have these people sitting shoulder by shoulder every day engaging, challenging in each other in both directions, uh, creating new ideas. And uh, I think that's a, that's a key element for us to really bring in this uh, technical expertise together with the, the commercial expertise and also get the feedback from, for instance, our software developers that being that much closer to the business is something that they, they really value. They feel the pains and gains uh, as well, and the the when we have an exposure on, right? They also have a, a stake in that, and I think that that excites them, and and also to be able to see what they built uh, being put to use every day. I think that's uh, that's quite unique. And I guess it helps that you work so closely together. You sort of adapt a common language uh, about this. Absolutely. We we wouldn't be able to do this if, if we were, uh, even just us in a separate team would, would be a, a major downgrade for us because we need to have that close feeling with, with our business teams. We wouldn't be as successful if you just threw a bunch of data at us and, and locked us in a, a closet somewhere uh, it just disconnecting us from from either side, either the technical side in in our software uh, teams uh, or from the business side. It, it's it's very important. So there's a rise in the use of uh, algorithms uh, these years. How does that affect uh, the markets, uh, Tobias? Like I think what we're seeing is that automated trading is moving from sort of niche areas into a more widespread uh, application uh, across markets. And people, uh, at least we, employ this for for several reasons. It's uh, to improve our our scalability and efficiency when we're talking about the execution uh, part. And it's also, uh, for DC as a company, a way to open up completely new opportunities that were not there uh, yesterday, 
basically. Uh, and that's both in uh, identifying connections, new connections in data or uh, correlations that are not readily available to to humans. Uh, and we do see that um, more present in the market today. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's of course a small part of it is necessity, but we've also for, for many years have, a, have had a, a continued focus on this automation. Um, and it, it's, it's most likely also just based in the way that DC as a company always has a drive to, to innovate and, and, and try new things. Um, it, it, it was sort of a, a, a deep dive on this automation that, that started the whole thing where we said uh, as a company, well, we believe in this. We might not be able to put up a, you know, a classical business case with, we're going to do this for six months, we're going to hit these milestones, and then at the end, we're going to have X amount of, of money out of this. It was, uh, it was a sort of a, a leap of faith based on the belief, well, we can see where the markets are moving and we don't want to be left behind, so let's just get a, a head start uh, in front of all the other competitors. So we're looking ahead, what do you see uh, uh, automated trading uh, moving in the coming years and, and impacting the markets? Uh, there, there will be uh, a uh, sort of proliferation across more and more uh, markets and, and products where, again, we we can gain an advantage by uh, using uh, some of our existing knowledge. So you're basically talking about doing the same thing wider or doing more of the same thing. And then there's a sort of the uh, the innovation aspect of it where we want to try and uh, both improve on the existing, but also try new things in, in new markets where there might be better access to data, there might be new interesting aspects to uh, the way that the underlying uh, system is uh, built in terms of renewables, for example. Uh, of course, that's one of the big topics in, in these years, uh, and that fundamentally changes the energy systems in, in a lot of different countries. And and there's, of course, also a... a uh, technical or analytical aspect of uh, a very wide range of machine learning products being uh, put into production and being available for people to to test out hypotheses that might not have been uh, just technically possible earlier due to either lack of data or lack of computing power, for example. I don't see any near or midterm future where uh, traders become obsolete. I see a future where traders engage with with automation, and as we've mentioned multiple times during uh, during these discussions, a lot of our uh, initiatives come from ideas from traders, and we see them engaging proactively and saying, "Here's something." Whether it's manual labor that they feel the pain of doing repetitively that they want to automate themselves out of or if it's uh, a pattern that they've seen but they're not able to execute efficiently enough uh, on um, we see them proactively engaging with these new opportunities and I think they'll continue to do that more so and at the same time it sort of frees up their time to dig even even deeper in their market understanding and then, then you have a, a circular thing where, where they get more time to get new ideas and, and bring them back and, and, and so on. 
yeah, if, if we can lift uh, a lot of menial tasks from the traders, things that we can actually uh, we can actually automate, then that leaves time for like to be assessed deeper dives, but also time for the the functions that we we cannot automate at the moment at least. But there's going to be a, a sort of a shift in in what the daily life of a trader actually looks like. So traders aren't going to be obsolete, but could you say that uh, a trading company that can't use or doesn't use uh, automated solutions will have a very hard time in the future? Or I believe so. Margins has been have been falling across most markets, and there's more players fighting for those margins. So any slight advantage you you can be able to gain over your competitors is is important. Uh, so I have a I would have my doubts if if it's possible for for somebody to do strictly human trading in, in the markets today and in the future. Thank you very much for joining me in the studio, Head of Gas Systems and Automation, Tobias Basse, and Senior Quantitative Analyst in our automated trading team, Christian Tangor. My name is Jens Østergaard. Be sure to check the other episodes of Behind the Screens on your preferred podcast player and look out for new episodes in the coming weeks. 